Praise the Lord, it's an exciting day to be serving Jesus Christ. Because once we were lost, and now we're found. Once we were in darkness, and now we are children of the light. Once we were in bondage, and now we're free because of Jesus Christ. That's the reason that we're here. That's the reason it's a good day to be alive. And I'm grateful to be here to worship together with you. Thank you, for Pastor, for allowing me to come. As he said, we've had years of fellowship, friendship, uh, ministry together with Brother Eric and Sister Sonia that have joined us in Portugal many, many times. I've been here, but so many years ago, Brother Richard remembers me when I was here so long ago. I think I still had hair a long time ago. <laughs> but I'm, I feel at home because when we worship together, the Spirit of God binds our hearts together. We are one in Christ. It's a bit difficult under these circumstances, but to the family, we extend our condolences, our prayers, our love. And the fact is, the Bible says we sorrow not as those who have no hope. It doesn't say we don't sorrow. I've buried four of my sisters and my father, and there's a hole in my heart where that they occupied. But we don't sorrow as those who have no hope. We march on. We serve God. We continue. Our calling, our work for the <clears throat> last half a century has been with Teen Challenge, working with drug addicts and alcoholics, troubled young people. And in times like this, they turn to drugs and alcohol and, and immorality and craziness, and some take their lives because they have no hope. Yeah. But we have a hope. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That we're not built for eternity on this side. I'm reminded of that when I get out of bed in the morning. But we're built for eternity. And I love the fact that we worship together, <clears throat> honoring our brother who has gone on to be with the Lord. So I want to bless you this morning. Thank you for allowing me to come. And just for a few moments, I'd like to share with you, and I trust <clears throat> that the Holy Spirit will make real to you something that will be an encouragement and strength to you. <clears throat> um, I'm, I'm, we're from America. I grew up on a cattle ranch in a, a state least populated called North Dakota. And it's where I grew up, it was very rural. It was, it, we drove 50 miles to church. It was 25 miles to any town of any size. And it was six miles to the mailbox. So that's country. In fact, I told my parents if they missed the rapture, there'd be no problem. The Antichrist would never find them. But when I gave my life to Christ, September 13th, 1966, I said, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive my sins. He came in and changed my life forever. And I prayed a simple prayer. I just said, Jesus, here's my life. I'll do anything you want me to do. But I don't want to be a pastor, a preacher, a missionary. I don't want to ever have to stand up in front of people. But, but God, I'll do what you want me to do. I went to Bible college. And there in Bible college... <clears throat> I had no idea what God wanted, but I read a book. It's called The Cross and the Switchblade. How many have read the story, the Teen Challenge story? David Wilkerson, a pastor in Pennsylvania, went to New York City when he saw some young men, that a gang had beaten a young man to death, and God spoke to him to go, and he began the ministry. He went to see them in prison, and he was never allowed to get in. He never saw those young gang members. But in discouragement, he began to walk the streets of New York and, and, then, and he began to meet people, drug addicts, gang members, and 
Some of you know the name Nicky Cruz was one of the first converts, a gang leader, and Nicky Cruz gave his life to Christ. And when David Wilkerson started that ministry, I know he never dreamt that one day there would be Teen Challenge Ministry all across America. But today there are 250 Teen Challenge Ministries in America alone. Because the heart of man is so deceitfully wicked, the addiction goes so deep. And, but he never dreamt that beyond that Teen Challenge would go beyond the U.S. But today, 60 years later, the story of the cross and the switchblade, God changing addicted people's lives. There's Teen Challenge Ministry in 120 countries around the world with 25,000 beds for, for discipleship, those that are living in addicted lives that can be introduced to Jesus Christ. So I thank God he called me to Teen Challenge. Where I, knew, I, I told you where I was from so that you would know that no matter where you're from or how unqualified you are, God has a plan for your life. Amen. If you pray that prayer, and that's part of what I want to share this morning is, will you pray a prayer? Probably would be the prayer that Victor would want you to pray today. That says, Jesus, here's my life. I'll do anything you want me to do. And when you pray that prayer, it doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your status, what country you're from, or how ugly your past has been. It doesn't make any difference if you're unqualified. If you just say, Jesus, here I am. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. But then you better hang on with both hands because he'll take you for quite a ride. And for the last 50 years, I read the cross and the switchblade. And God called me, and then God gave me another blessing at Bible school. Carrie, please stand. My lovely wife, Carrie. 49 years and a half that we've been married. If we can make it another six months, we'll be to the half. But uh, it began when I said, Jesus, here's my life. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. And I want to just challenge you as we, we think for a few moments here of what God has for your life. He, took, he takes unqualified people. And then when we submit to him, surrender to him, invite him in. And it sounds like Brother Victor was an incredible example of that. Planting seeds in other people's lives. And then watching the incredible fruit. So uh, we went to Philadelphia our first years in Teen Challenge. And then from there we were invited to Portugal. I didn't even know where Portugal was when God called us. I thought it was in South America, you know, the Americans. And so we, we got on the right plane and we got to Portugal and we spent 16 years in Portugal helping to plant Teen Challenge and working at the Bible College. And there we connected with Brother Eric and Sister Sonia and they've been an incredible blessing in our lives personally. They preached and taught and modeled and made fun of just everybody. <laughs> And while we had laughs together, we wept together in spiritual emphasis and missions conventions and preaching in churches all across that wonderful nation of Portugal. And today, we, I, I believe the figures are some 20 countries have graduates from the Mount Hope Bible College who are in full-time ministry in 20 countries in Africa, Europe, some in America, around the globe, and they were impacted by your life and preaching and our lives as we ministered together. So thank you, and God bless you for that. Together, he did it, but he did it through us. And we had a lot of good laughs along the way. As you know, Brother Eric, of course, you know what that means. 
I love when people are people of the word and a bit irreverent at the same time. <laughs> In Jeremiah chapter 37, the situation where King Zedekiah was in trouble, the armies had come against uh, Jerusalem and, and there was a threat of war and on and on. And God had Jeremiah speak to him. God has a Jeremiah. God has a, as a man or a woman. And I would challenge you this morning that you and I consider and ask God, will you use me to be a voice? As I've heard so eloquently, Brother Victor was a voice. God just uses simple people. But God used Jeremiah to speak to the king. And in Jeremiah 17, this is not, I uh, didn't give, give the tech IT people this, but it said that King Zedekiah, neither he nor his servants nor the people of the land gave heed to the words of the Lord which he spoke by the prophet Jeremiah. You see, when things are going fairly well, most people don't want to hear the word of the Lord. They have their own plan, their own idea. And in our world of working with drug addicts, everything's fine until somebody has an overdose from drugs, until somebody commits suicide, until somebody's dying from AIDS. And then, all of a sudden, hopefully they'll remember. They didn't want to hear the word, but in, and so Jeremiah was actually cast into prison. And then in verse 16, it said, When Jeremiah had entered the dungeon and the cells, and Jeremiah had remained there many days. Verse 17, then Zedekiah the king sent and took him out, and the king asked him secretly in his house, is there any word from the Lord? Thank God he knew where to ask. May we be people, whether they'll hear us or not, that announce the word of the Lord, that share the wonderful gospel message of life change and deliverance and hope. Because when they're ready, Teen Challenge goes to the streets and the prison. We go where addicted people are. And many of them say, I'm not ready, and it's too difficult, and on and on. And then, unfortunately, I've had the experience of preaching at their funeral because they died from an overdose. But we want our goal, our theme in Teen Challenge is to put hope within reach of every drug addict on the planet. Amen. So that when they're ready, that they'll know there's a place, there are people. And you have some fine teen challenges here in the United Kingdom. I've not been to them all, but when they're in trouble, we want them to know. We hand out this book, The Cross and the Suit. Well, we have the, nor- the original book was 200 pages. This one's a condensed version, 50 pages for this ADD generation. So we've got, a, we've got hope that we can put within reach. We want them to know when, the, when they're ready. There's a place and there are people. And the king finally realized he was in trouble. And so he called and brought Jeremiah out of the prison. And he said, is there any word from the Lord? He maybe in his, he remembered this man talked about God and God's plan and his warnings and prophetic words. And, and now he says, is there any word from the Lord? Are you still talking to God? Do you hear from heaven? Is there an answer for the problem of my life in the nation?" Oh, may God help us to be men and women that talk to heaven. It sounds like Brother Victor was a man that had a word from the Lord. May we be able to respond resoundingly. We don't have to hesitate. We don't have to make excuses. We are children of God. We hear from God. He talks to us. There's an answer to the problems of life. 
There is a word from the Lord. God still speaks today. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call on me and I will answer, show you great and mighty things which you know not. King said, Jeremiah, is there any word from the Lord? (laughs) I love this answer. It wasn't a theological explanation. He gave him a two-word answer. Mr. King, there is. (laughs) I like that. There is. Is there any word from the Lord? Is there any answer to the problems of life? There is. There's a word of salvation. There's a word of deliverance. There's a word of sanctification. There's a word of Holy Spirit power. There's a word for the situation of life today. There's a word of comfort for those that are struggling and that are in sorrow. There is a word from God. Now, unfortunately for the king, he said, you're going to be delivering to hand of your enemy. Wasn't what he was expecting, but he'd waited a little long, perhaps. And in Teen Challenge Ministry, it's an incredible privilege for us to travel and to, and to go to different countries. We've been, we were 16 years in Portugal and then for the last 20 years working in Latin America and the Caribbean. And we had invitations from different countries. And I got invited to the country of Suriname. I didn't know where it was. I, you probably do, but it's right by Venezuela on the, on the hump of, of South America. And I, I got invited to Suriname, and I didn't know what I would face, but they said, we have a drug problem, and we don't have an answer. The government doesn't know what to do. People are dying. When I got there, I found out I had an audience with the president of Suriname, His Excellency Sir Ronald Venetian. I said, that's pretty cool. I said, I've never met a president before. I've never met my own. I, but I'll... So they said, well, you've got 10 minutes. So I'm prepared. We go in and we explain to him about Teen Challenge. He said, listen, sir, he said, you, he said, you know, this says here that Teen Challenge has success with drug addicts and, and, and criminals and alcoholics and people are changed. And that if they come to your Teen Challenge and go through the discipleship program, 75% of them never go back. And we don't have any, any program that is that successful. Is that true? And I said, yes, and proved with documents and and data that we have and testimonies. And after 35 minutes, he asked me this question, sir, I want to know how do you do it? I said, I only might get one chance and an exit visa in my passport. But his excellency is going to know why Teen Challenge is successful. Teen Challenge is not successful because of a building not even because of a powerful little book of testimony. It's successful because Jesus Christ still changes lives today. Our theme verse is 2 Corinthians 5.17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And Teen Challenge. So I just shared, sir, John 3.16, 1 John 1.9, Romans 3.23. I gave him as much gospel as I could as quickly as I could before I got to ride to the airport. And when I finished, he looked across his desk. He said, sir, he said, what you've shared with me is what my country needs. Anything that comes across my desk, I will sign it in favor of a Teen Challenge ministry for the country of Suriname. He didn't say it this way, but what he was saying was, Sir, is there any word from the Lord? Does God care? Is there an answer? My country's in trouble. Our youth are being addicted and dying, and they're locked up in prison. There's hopelessness. What a joy to say there's hope. There's a word. Hallelujah. There's hope in Jesus Christ. Oh, thank God for that. That's why 
I get a little excited about serving Jesus because it works. There is a word from the Lord. There is an answer to the problems of life. I got an email from Honduras, Tegucigalpa. I didn't know how to say it then, but Honduras, down in Central America, Pastor Jorge said, we need Teen Challenge in Honduras. So I went to Honduras to meet Pastor Jorge. I said, why do you need Teen Challenge? You feel you need it. He said, because I, I felt God led me to one of the colonias, the suburbs of the capital city, and to start a church. So I went to start a church. And he said, my leadership warned me it was dangerous. The gangs control certain parts of the city. The police don't go there. 2,000 people in a little suburb, and it's controlled with men with machine guns from the gangs. He said, but God told me to go. I took my wife and child, and we started a little church, a little cement block church in the suburb, one of the suburbs, the colonias. He said, one night I was up preaching, and all of a sudden, outside of the church, a gang war broke out between two gangs. They're shooting at each other, bullets flying, rocks being thrown, confusion. And one of the gangs was losing the battle, and they had nowhere to go, so they ran inside his church and locked the door. He said, I thought I had the anointing, so I just said, sit down and shut up. I'm preaching the word of God. And they did. <laughs> so he keeps on preaching. Of course, he makes plain the plan of salvation. And when he gave the invitation for salvation, all 16 members of the gang came forward and gave their lives to Christ. <laughs> but now he has a problem because they want to come to church. And when newly saved gang members come to church, one's got a gun, one's got a knife, one's got a baseball bat. And he said, I knew that they were going to eventually take up the offering, and I'm the one that takes up the offering here. He said, please help, we need Teen Challenge. So I said, I want to meet these guys. So we arranged a meeting, and here they are. One guy has a patch over his eye, he got stabbed in a fight, and can't see the other guy walks with a limp. He got shot in the leg. The doctor wouldn't help him, so he can't walk well. The other one opens his shirt. He's got a 13-inch scar where they did take a bullet out of his stomach, but they want to serve Jesus. So I said, well, we need a miracle. I don't know Honduras, but we could pray. We need a word from God. Long story short, God spoke to a lady. She was not even a believer. She said, I have a 10-acre farm, and I will rent it to you for five years for a dollar a month. I said, I'll pay the rent. I'm very generous. We helped start Teen Challenge. They're gang members to begin to come in and get saved. And I, it's an incredible story. I'll just take you to, to uh, the last time I was there for a graduation. People come to Teen Challenge from drugs and alcohol and gangs and violence. And the only answer we have is we have Jesus in the morning, God in the afternoon, and the Holy Ghost at night. If God doesn't change their lives, everybody's in trouble. But Teen Challenge Honduras begin to see these young men. They begin to hear, if you go there, you can be delivered. You can be set free. You don't have to die in the streets. You don't have to, they don't get old in the gangs because, because they don't. I went to a graduation. Graduation, and now there's 150 young men in Teen Challenge in the program. A one-year discipleship program coming from the worst kind of life and coming and finding Jesus. The same atmosphere that we felt this morning. Thank you, Brother Worship Leader. Well, Brother Worship Leader uh, team. 
But that's when we create, when we begin to worship, the Holy Spirit dwells in the praise of his people yes. and the most twisted, broken lives begin to be changed by the power of yes. God. And so there we are. I'm at a graduation. Now the, the, a few young men have gone one year of discipleship. They're ready to go out. Some of them become church planters. Some become pastors. Some become elders in the church. Some go get a job. They go back to their families. And when the worship starts in Honduras Teen Challenge, you'd be hard-pressed to keep up. I'm sorry. I'm German, English, Irish, Dutch background. And it, but I'll tell you, when I'm there, I have to be a Latino. Because when the, the drums start and the bongos and the tambourine and they start, they don't sit and just kind of clap along. <laughs> they get out in the aisle, they come in the front and they begin to leap and dance. Why? Because they've heard a word from the Lord that yes. set them free. The word of God changed them and now they're on a journey to know Jesus. The old, pat, the old is gone and all has become new and they're leaping and dancing. And I thought to myself, a lot of emotion, a lot of emotion. I saw one young man that before he came to Teen Challenge, he was high or drunk and fell on the railroad tracks. The train went by, cut off his leg. Comes to Teen Challenge on crutches with one leg. But when the music starts, throws down his crutches, grabs two of his brothers, and he's up there praising the Lord because he's been set free. And I thought, well, it's quite a bit of emotion, although I, I got pretty involved. And then it comes time to pray. And they don't just mumble a little prayer or something. They get out in the aisle, the cement floor, and kneel. Someone with their foreheads on the ground and the tears. I saw a young man weeping until the tears were dripping off his chin. He said, God, you saved me and changed me. Now, God, I pray for my family, for my mother, my brothers, my, my family members that are addicted. God, please. And 150 young men that have heard a word from the Lord. As we speak, there are two graduates of Teen Challenge Honduras that are planting two churches in the suburb of Tegucigalpa, Honduras because they heard a word from the Lord. When they heard somebody declare that Jesus Christ is alive, he's not dead, he's alive, and he can change lives today. I would challenge you this morning that you would... Allow the Holy Spirit to question in your heart. Do you have a word from the Lord? What is the word from the Lord? What do we need? There's a word of salvation. If you're not born again, for a drug addict, a gang member, a, a, a Surinamese, uh, you know, we, we worked up and down the, 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 the continent. I have a little map that shows our, our work in Latin America and the Caribbean. We have uh, 25 countries that have Teen Challenge, little green dots. There are 10 yellow dots of countries asking us to come to start the ministry. But you know what they need? They need a word from the Lord. They need an answer from God. Salvation. That's a word from the Lord yeah. for people that are lost. Maybe you're here today and you've never really confessed Christ, invited him into your life. There's, there's, your life is troubled. Your life, there's guilt. There's sin. I have good news for you. You're in the right place. You're in a place where you can hear a word from God. His word says that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to die so we could be born again. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, you'll be born again. That's why we celebrate. Even in the midst of difficulty, we can sing praise to God because we belong to him. Amen. Maybe you need a word of healing. 
I thank God. In Teen Challenge, we don't have a lot of doctors and psychiatrists, although sometimes we do and they help us, but the doctor is Jesus. And when an addict comes in addicted and his body is racked with pain and withdrawal, only thing we know to do is lay on hands and anoint with oil. And I'll never forget seeing more than one going through withdrawal and the Holy Spirit came and touched him and one of them was Israel, a Hispanic guy, and he began to leap and dance, say, I'm healed. Never went through withdrawal. Today, he's pastoring in San Antonio, Texas, because God healed him. The word from God was healing for him, and today, he's a testimony touching other people's lives. Maybe you need a word of hope. You know, for most drug addicts, addicted people, <clears throat> their future is the hospital, prison, or the cemetery. That's all they have to look for. We don't have a lot of old drug addicts. And the plague of addiction and alcoholism, life-controlling problems that plagues our world today are incredible. And many times after trying program after program, and I thank God for any program that helps, but after program after program and medications and counseling and on and on, and nothing works. We've had people who have been to 10 and 15 different programs. They say there's nothing to live for. There's no hope. And often commit suicide because there's no hope. But there is a word of hope. Yeah. Is there any word from the Lord? It's hope in Jesus Christ. He can take the worst. We just came from Latvia <clears throat> this, le this last week. And we were with a young man. And, uh, and he said, uh, I, I want to do Teen Challenge, but I don't really know how, so can you train me? I said, yes, that's what we do. And he said, I said, what are you doing? He said, well, I got a guy out of prison that is, was a murderer. And he said, I brought him to my house, and he's sleeping in the living room. And my wife and three daughters are, you know, in the other rooms. And somebody said, aren't you worried that he's going to steal from you? He said, no, no, he just kills people. <laughs> but now he wants to serve Jesus. There's hope. Even for a murderer, there's hope. There's hope in Jesus Christ. Is there any word from the Lord? Yes. But the world's waiting for somebody to announce that word and to declare, I've got a word from God. Throw me in prison if you want to. Make fun of me if you want to. Call me a fanatic if you want to. But I've got a word from the Lord. And when you're in trouble, when you're hopeless, you might be in a situation today that you think is hopeless. There's no answer. It may be physical, mental, spiritual, financial, marital. There's a word from hope. The will of God is found in the word of God. Look to the word of God for hope. The body of Christ brings hope. For a family struggling today, I want you to know you're part of an incredible family of God that stretches around the world. And we comfort one another with the same comfort that we've been comforted with. That's a word from the Lord. The body of Christ, and I appreciate so much Pastor David's words this morning. We're here for you. We'll embrace you. We're going to walk through this together. We're going to carry you together. We're going to bless you together. We're, oh, there'll be empty moments and sad times that comes in waves. I, I know that. But there's hope. There's a word from God. There's strength for today. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And he's here today. I want to I close with a challenge to you. Is there any word from the Lord? That's the cry of so many hearts, so many lives in our world around us today. And what's tragic for me <clears throat> is that the, word of the church in many countries, in my own country, is often so superficial and concerned about their needs. 
they equate being a Christian with being happy and being blessed. And it's not really like that. Jesus called us to be light in a very dark world, to be salt, to be the light of the world. And today, instead of thinking, oh God, my needs are so great, and I, I, I'm so grateful that I got to hear the bit, a bit about Brother Victor. I would, I would have loved, I think I would have loved meeting him. Of course, his professor level was far beyond mine, but that's quite all right. But to hear that his heart, he is a man that had a word from the Lord. And can I suggest that maybe what God wants today would be to ask you, who will step up? No one will fill his shoes. But who today would be willing to say, I need a word from the Lord, and God's going to give me a word, and I'm going to obey that word, and I'm going to do whatever God wants me to do. I'm going to be what God wants me to be. God didn't call me, Carrie and me, to Great Britain. He called us to the nations of the world. We're going to Portugal on Monday and set up training for teen challenge leaders. And, and now we've got an invitation to Greece. And wherever there's a need, we're servants ready to go and serve. That's God's word for us. What's his word for you today? What does he want you to do? My closing moments, and again, Pastor David, thank you for allowing me to come in this, this uh, rather difficult time. But I believe that the Holy Spirit, as we have our final moments together, that each of us need to reflect and say, God, I need a word from you. God, what is your word for me today? If you need salvation, all you need to do is say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Please come into my life. Forgive my sins. I believe you died on the cross for me. Maybe could our worship team come? I don't know if you, how you do, but if you just come and, and just, I want to close with a prayer in just a moment. I want to give you an opportunity to respond. And if you need Jesus, that you just simply say, what a great tribute to Brother Victor would be that in this day of mourning, that someone said yes to Jesus. If you're hopeless today, your situation is hopeless. Maybe no one else knows of it. But today you can say, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ. Oh, may today be a day that you put your hope in God. Turn to his word so that you can say, there is a word. Doesn't mean everything's going to get fixed and be smooth and all wonderful. But it means that we will march on in obedience to the word from God. Would you bow your heads and just for a moment, would you just reflect and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart? We're needy people. And if you need to hear a word from the Lord, he will speak into your heart. What is your need if you need Jesus? Would you just reach out and say, Jesus, forgive my sins. If you're struggling, stumbling, faltering, would you just say, God, I'm coming back to you today. Holy Spirit, make yourself real. Oh, God. Maybe somebody needs to become a voice in this church that will speak into Pastor David's life and speak into other people's lives. Would you be willing to say, Lord, I'm going to spend time on my knees. I'm going to spend time in the word. Lord, I'm going to spend time with you until I hear a word from you so that when someone's in need, I can be there and minister to them.
Holy Spirit, speak to us today. Speak to us today. Is there any word from the Lord? There is. There's a word of salvation. There's a word of sanctification. There's a word of healing. There's a word of hope. There's a word of deliverance. What do you need today? Just reach out. Let your faith reach out. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and in your heart believe. And today, you can receive that word from the Lord. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're here today. I thank you, Lord, for this church, this body of believers. I thank you, Lord, for Pastor David and the leadership of this church. Thank you for Brother Lavender and the way that he has ministered to us and blessed us and worked with us, ministered with us. Lord, today you see the needs in the hearts of these people. We reach out to you today. Perhaps someone's here that says, is there any word from God for me? Lord, speak to them now. Holy Spirit, you are faithful. Will you come with a word of faith, healing, strength? As we put our hope in you, you are the God of all comfort. You're the God of all strength. You're the God of salvation. Touch each of our lives today. Lord Jesus, make yourself real. And we'll give you thanks. We'll give you praise. We will testify. We will sing. Because we have received a word from God. that helps us to live each day. Giving honor and glory to you. Thank you, Pastor. Let's stand together, shall we? We're going to sing. We're going to take our offering as well. I think Victor would have loved that. Amen? And God needs you. He wants you. Fulfills. And your fulfillment comes in serving Him. In talking about discipleship, discipleship says it's not about me. It's about Jesus, how I serve. And as we sing of God's goodness to finish, use this time to offer yourselves again. Say, God, I want to live for you. I want to follow the example of Victor and serve you. Wherever that takes me, I give myself to you. Let's sing together and honor him. Amen.